this territory for each of us that we don't know we could have. We don't know we could enter. We don't know we could be in. And until you're in it, you're not going to know what's possible. And there's the territory that you're in and you only believe what's possible because you think that the territory you're in is the territory. And it's like, there's so much more for you. And I feel like sometimes doing these little changes gives you new territory. And that's why you see new possibility. And also, you know, the other side of that is if you try to hang on to the territory you have, I feel like you continually lose it. It's just, you get less and less and less of the territory you think you have over time when you're comfortable. And pretty soon you end up with very little territory at all and very little possibility. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Brandon, 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 Brandon. Brandon, 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 Brandon. Oh, man. This was one of those those days where, you know, we had lots of interesting things that we, you know, wanted to talk about. Lots. So many things. Uh, a, a, a plethora of interesting things to say and talk about. And yet it was just such a it was such a slog to figure out okay what but what what do we really want to talk about with everybody here today and we've got it narrowed down to this i think we might end up branching out into some some things but hopefully this will keep us in line (laughs) hopefully this will keep us in line give up what's comfortable find out what's possible (laughs) Oh man, you guys I, I don't think... know how long it took for us to come up with that title. <laughs> <laughs> and just so everyone knows, it's not just about like getting I mean, sometimes we can get precious about titles, but it's it's more often than not, you know, for us trying to come up with a title is really about us figuring out, well, kind of what's the major theme and through line of the conversation that that we're seeing emerge, which again, really it's just to help keep us on track. <laughs> more or less um but we've got i think i think you know we're gonna get into some interesting stuff in this conversation you know like we talked a lot about you know about the territory that we find ourselves in the the territory that we create for ourselves um you know the the trappings of of being of of kind of just wanting comfort the the trouble that comes with comfort and the trouble that comes with trying to control things. These are all things, and they're all related to each other. Um, so, you know, I'm excited to, to talk a, a lot about, about those, those sides of things, and, and you're excited to talk about, you know, what's possible and, and kind of that relationship that exists between sort of in, that, in, in our title of, of that desire for comfort and possibility and and why maybe that's a good place to start off this conversation is just what is that relationship in the title and theme of this episode and i i don't know if you want to take it over i mean i've got some thoughts on that um but i'll hand it over to you all right 
well, I, I, something, something I've just realized in my life is that I think I've talked about this on the podcast a number of times, but I went through a period in my life where some pretty dramatic things happened in my opinion, and they changed the way I saw myself, the way I saw people, the way I saw my future, just everything. And it flipped the script in a lot of ways. And I think that one of the challenges of that, among many challenges that come from such a dramatic change in your life is like, um, I, I went through like a kind of a depression, kind of an existential crisis through the whole thing, but like coming out of that and like being okay on the other side, feeling good and being happy again after that happened left me with a few strange things. Like it, in some ways, I don't know how to explain this other than to say like for a while and still sometimes today, it feels like the end of a story. And I think what's very difficult at times is to start the new story of whatever life is about to be for me and whoever I am becoming or whatever life I want to step into. And in a weird way, I think what happens is when you go through a kind of a depression or a kind of a hard period in life, when you get out of it, you kind of never want to go back to that dark place again. So there's a safety in just kind of being like, but I'm happy and everything is okay. And that kind of, you kind of want to maintain that. And I think that's where the control is, but it can get comfortable and then kind of uncomfortable. And I think that the kind of the new chapter for me has been about kind of the possibility of like, what if this is the beginning of the next story? And that's an exciting idea to me, and I think that's where the control, it's like, well, what if you let go of the control? And I think the best way I can explain this is like, I'm hanging on so hard to the life I thought I had or who I thought I was that by not letting it go, I'm not letting the next story begin. So that's kind of where um, letting go of control and finding possibility is exciting for me. Where that's going to lead in this conversation, I don't know. Um, but I figured that was the best way for me to explain my position on what we're trying to talk about here i'm excited about it honestly i but i i don't know where it's going to go yeah yeah no i think i mean we'll we'll it will go where it will go (laughs) as we give up some of our control on this um yeah i think that that for me it's like part of the message in in the title as i see it is that you know, in order to discover what's possible, you have to give up the comfortable. And just in some of what you were saying there, Brandon, it, it's made me think about just some of the events of my own life, you know, um, events of change, some of them which were conscious decisions on my part to make a change, some of them uh, pressed upon me. Uh, some situations it was just like, you know, it was my decision to make a change, but, you know, it was only after (laughs) it got to a certain point. So there's a lot of different ways that, 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 that can all sort of manifest itself. But it's interesting because like, I, I, we resist change so much very often in our life. I would say 
for most people, we we resist change more than we embrace it. Um, but as we were sort of talking about beforehand, you know, like the the great artist is absolutely embraces change, moves with change, and uh, and actually is change itself. And I think that's an interesting thing that I, I hope we we get into at some point in this conversation. Um, but it, it's funny that we have such a resistance to change when I look back on my life. It's just like, well, even when when change that was created was under very intense and uncomfortable conditions, it was almost always something positive. <laughs> Like looking back in hindsight, the change is, is almost always positive. It always, there was something good that came out of it. Um, but yet it's sort of attachments to what I'm, I myself have been comfortable with, you know, and sometimes it's those change, you know, I think that's maybe part of the issue is that we experienced some kind of change and it was challenging, but it ended up being good. And now we're in a place that's like, oh, okay, this is good. This is better. And then we just kind of want to stay there, you know, because it's better. <laughs> it was better than it was before. Yeah. And then we get stuck there. And then change starts to come along again, or the pressure of change starts to come along again. We go, oh, no, it felt like I thought everything was so good here. But then we've got to create, there's got to be another change and another change and another change and another change. Um, and we treat it almost as if, oh, but this time it's going to be bad. <laughs> or what if this time it goes bad? Um, and ultimately, you know, I, I think that a big element of this is that is that there's no there's no getting around the whole life element of change. It's like whether you're moving with it or you're moving against it, it's going to happen. So what the hell do we do about that whole predicament? Mm -hmm. Also, I think that whatever place you're in, it's like, it's temporary. Like everything is temporary. And I think that's part of the, part of the problem is that we don't, we don't embrace that, you know, as like a, it's, it's like everything is temporary. Like it's, it's all, it's, you know, and and I think that there's this kind of like control has a lot to do with just trying to hang on to something for a longer period of time and then to always kind of change it up for something better, you know, if you're going to change it up at all. And I think part of, um, you know, if I think about the master artists, you know, like what, what is the master artist like, they would, they would embrace change and not be scared of it. They wouldn't be scared of the unknown. Like whatever the change is, I'll deal with it as it happens and that would be flow and flow is like a, a state of fearlessness in a lot of ways it's a state of it's not even courage it's just there's nothing to fear in change really and i think the whole idea that we do fear it is part of the problem you know and it's like also just fearing this thought of maybe being uncomfortable it's like I think if you're kind of like, well, I will be uncomfortable. I'm comfortable now, but I will be uncomfortable at some point. So I'm just going to accept that when it happens. And then when I'll be uncomfortable at some point and I'll just be like, well, I'll be comfortable at some point. And it's like the same thing. It's like, it's all going to kind of come back. 
you know, it all kind of, um, when you're in flow, I mean, if you're thinking about, for example, writing a script, um, if your character always wins, it's boring. Your character needs to win and lose. And sometimes your character needs to lose a lot before they win, just to make the win actually mean something. And I think in life, um, you know, I think the most successful people, the people who achieve their dreams and goals and greatest desires and do the amazing things we all wish we could do, they, they fail like nine times before they get one success. And um, in those nine failures, there's nine pivots of change before you find the success ticket, you know, before you find the opportunity, before you find the way through the barriers that you've been hitting. And, and, and that's just a, a token way to put it, but it could be, you could fail 19 times or 39 times or 99 times, you know, like this episode <laughs> until you get to the point where you're like, I got it. I figured out a way into whatever I was working towards. And I think that, um, I think a lot of the time the fear of change is the fear of failure. Honestly, I think it is. I, I just think you have to go like, well, this might not work and it might make my life different, but I'm going to try it. But it's kind of like, or you don't try it and you just stay where you are and you're like, but if I just stay where, where I am, I just have what I want. And I can tell you this from personal experience. That's how you end up in a toxic relationship. That's how you end up in a toxic relationship because you're in a bad relationship. You're not in a healthy one. And you're like, I could leave this relationship and start a new one, but there's these good things about it. And it's like, well, I'll stay in it because maybe I can make this work. And really, you know, you know, you should leave, you know, you should walk away, you know, you should go, you know, you should do the new thing, you know, you should be alone, but you don't. And um, I think that there's lots of distant parallels to that, but I found myself in a toxic relationship. And when you get out of it, hopefully you do, you look back and you go, how the hell did I stay in that for so long? And why did I bother? And I feel like comforts like that, while you're in it, you're like, it's not so bad. And it's just justification, but often comfort is actually very bad. And it's in hindsight, when you look back, when you thought you were comfortable, it wasn't as comfortable as you thought. Um, and that's how fear works. I think fear works like that. You know, it makes you so scared to move that you justify not being happy where you are, but you're happy enough. You know, it's just enough. And you're living on breadcrumbs to a sense, breadcrumbs of happiness and joy. Yeah, you know, there's sort of like, you know, you become comfortable with the discomforts that you that you know. Yes. You know, there's a lot that you said in there that, um, man, that uh, was was there's <laughs> <laughs> was was good for some some commentary and and for diving into on uh, on on some of it. There was. Um, There was something that you said that I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And now I don't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, you're talking about relationships. Okay. That's what it was. You're talking about relationships. And I wanted to open that up in the sense that it's like, well, you know, because all of life is is relationship. You know, it's like we, we have relationship to to absolutely everything so yeah it could actually be a relationship that you have to a person but it could be a relationship to absolutely anything in in your life your your work to yourself to your uh your beliefs your community your you know 
pick something, you have a relationship to it, <laughs> you know, and um, and so there can be things that we just sort of live with that keep us small, that keep us kind of closed. It, it keeps us from that that possibility. Um, yeah. So I just want to, to, to point that out and that it's like let, to open up the scope of what we're talking about as far mm. as relationships. I think you bring in a really good point. I mean, I think, you know, a toxic relationship, I think like people can picture that as, oh, you're in an abusive relationship with another person or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but a toxic relationship can really be anything. It can be your relationship to your job. You know, it can be a relationship to just where you live could be toxic you know it's like um people will live in shitholes and not think that they could live anywhere better and they'll have all sorts of justifications for this i mean you know well i can't because rent would be too much or you know or if i leave this place i might end up in a worse place you know it's all sorts of things this this is i think that whole thing is like if you take the way of the artist's philosophy it's like well what would the master artist do the master artist would see the possibility would embrace the fact that yeah i might end up in a worse place than this on my way to the place i actually want to be you know but the person who's not being a masterful artist will stay where they are not like it in fear that they might end up somewhere worse and they'll never make it through that journey and i think part of the journey you know way of the artist is sometimes you got to go through a valley and i think a lot of the time we don't embrace change because we know to get to the mountaintop that we want to get to, we have to walk through the valley first. And the valley fucking sucks. I mean, I can say that from personal experience. It's hard as hell, you know, sometimes. It's like the worst place and the last place you ever want to be. But it's like, um, you know, it's kind of like to be token about it. It's like, would you walk through hell to get to your heaven? You know, knowing that you would eventually get through hell if you just walked through it but you'd have to face your fears. You'd have to face the worst shit you could ever imagine. Would you be willing to do that? And maybe that's the only way you can see heaven is to understand your own hell, you know, to have context, but like that's change, you know, in some ways, um, I think sometimes, you know, I just say this in my personal opinion. I think sometimes change is very unforgiving, but at the same time, it's gives, you know, it gives you a lot of grace, but I think it can feel very unforgiving at times. I feel like it can be in a, in a change period and it can be like why am i going through hell right now and it's like hell is the only thing that's going to make you change it's the only thing that's going to make you do anything because you'll stay in comfort so um something i learned along the way was when you're going through your hell be thankful for it and this goes back to our last conversation because that is what's going to get you out of the dead zone the purgatory of comfort and that's the only way you're going. You're never going to go otherwise. So, you, you know, whatever the hell is happening to you right now, survive it, push through it, because on the other side of that is fucking glorious. But yeah. it's hard when you're in it. That's all I can say. Yeah. It's, um, I, and I think that there's an important distinction to be made here in that it's like, I'm, as I'm sure you're not, but I'm not against comforts there's nothing wrong with comforts no you know like like i think comforts are great comforts are are a wonderful you know side of life uh 
a hot chocolate on a cold day, <laughs> you know, or, uh, you know, having some nice luxuries, you know, in, in your home or whatever the, whatever the hell it is. I'm, I'm not opposed to that in, in the least, but when, when that's what our life becomes about is when it becomes about being comfortable, I think that there's a lot of dangers there. And I think sort of, you know, the master artist from, you know, looking at it from that lens is very much aware of that, is very much aware of the, the, the danger, the pitfalls, the sort of the, the kind of hell that comes from making that your pursuit, you know, and it can, it can take the face of, of being like, okay, well, you know, once I, once I get the house, your, you know, this kind of house, or once I, you know, have this amount of money in the bank account, or, you know, once I've achieved this or that, you know, then everything will be good. That's, that's one way that we can look at comfort is like material, right? But sometimes the comfortable thing is, is giving up on, on a passion to pursue something more, more quote unquote practical, you know what I mean? Like as a vocation, for example, you know, like there are so many people who give up on their actual passions and their dreams to do something that's more comfortable, you know, for, for whatever reason that is in, in their own minds, because like the, I think even the whole idea of that is questionable because with with this idea of comfortable, there's also it. I think it comes in tandem with the other idea that we were talking about, which is control. Because in or you have an idea of comfort in your head. What what would be a comfortable life for you? That's an idea. It's not a reality. It's just an idea that you have that you're working towards. In order for that to happen, things have to play out just so. Things have to go in a very certain and predictable manner for that to happen. And with the desire for, for that comfort and thereby having to control comes a lot of anxiety, comes a lot of fear, and also a kind of a kind of inflexibility. You know what I mean? Like not being able to, to, to do anything without there being some sort of like crazy plan, you know, like without there being some sort of elaborate plan to, to, to do anything, you know, and I've known people like that where it's like, you're in the middle of some sort of beautiful situation that, that kind of spontaneously happened, you know, that nobody planned for. And they're going, it's like, okay, but, you know, we're, we, we're going to, like, we have to get going and do this. It's just like, well, why? Why do we have to go and do that? Or why do we have to make, take that step now? Like, aren't, aren't we kind of experiencing the thing that, <laughs> that we would want to experience in this moment now? You know, um, so I think that when you're living your life in that way, that's kind of its own, 
its own kind of hell. You know, it comes with it. It's there's no movement. There's too much rigidity in your sort of attitude towards life that way. You know, and any artist will will tell you. Like, I'll, I'll just speak coming from from the acting world. You know, like in acting in the acting world, there's sort of this this piece of wisdom that like, oh, it's those moments of surprise, of genuine surprise that are the best. You know, that when when something occurs in, in the scene, when you're up on stage or, or on camera and something happens that you hadn't rehearsed or that your partner hadn't done in rehearsals beforehand or whatever the hell it is, or, or maybe sometimes it's just, it's something that's completely out of everyone's control. <laughs> you know, someone comes walking in that wasn't supposed to come walking in, you know, just comes wandering onto the set or whatever, but something comes out of it. And suddenly we're just like, and, and it's something that you're taught to embrace as an actor because it's like, whoa, suddenly now you're present. Suddenly now you're here living, you know, as opposed to going on like an autopilot, so to speak. So I know I've said a lot of things here, but I, I'm, I think that in a nutshell, what I'm trying to say is that this illusion and delusion of comfort and control that we, that we actually live by, you know, and I'm not saying this as someone who's who's saying like I'm completely free of that because I catch myself all the time there are things that I do every single day that are based out of me trying to control things and to be comfortable you know but I can also say that it's like but usually when I'm doing that there's a lot more fear and anxiety that's going on in my life when I'm doing that and that's a kind of that's a kind of hell. I'm not I'm not being my best creative self when I'm in that space. I'm thinking about this as you're talking and I'm thinking about how like it's not about removing all comforts from your life. And it's not about removing all control from your life. It's about letting go of some when it's necessary. It's about having the flexibility to abandon it at times. Um, you know, it's like, I think like, uh, you know, for example, you might find comfort in having a certain amount of security. And it's like, I think security is good. I think there's um, a certain amount of like safety that is important. Um, and I think like, it's not about, it's not about an all or none. I think it's about kind of a scale where it's like, how much how much discomfort am I willing to accept? How much comfort am I willing to let go of? How much control am I willing to let go of? Um, because I mean, I think about the most exciting friendships, relationships, experiences, acting scenes, scripts I've ever written. They're all a little bit in control and a little bit out of control. They're a little bit comfortable because I know what I'm doing and uncomfortable because I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know where this is going. And, you know, and it's, that's what makes it fun. And I think that's kind of where the law of play kind of comes into this whole thing. You know, you, you, you got to give it play. If you're too controlled, it's too tight. 
there's no there's no room there's no space and we talked about this before the conversation you know kind of even started recording but that was something we talked about we talked about space and i feel like um you need to create space to be a little bit out of control to be a little bit um you know uncomfortable you know and and I don't think it's about an all or none. I don't think it's about like, okay, well, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to sell my house. <laughs> you know, do this. He doesn't have to be that extreme. Yeah. And and I think this is the big thing. I think that a lot of the time we don't do stuff because we're always thinking in extremes or we're always like saying, well, if I do this, then like it's the end of the world. And it's like, maybe you don't have to do it all the way. Cause like some things are not, some things are best done 100%. Other yeah. things are not other things, sometimes things are best done 15%. And that's exactly the amount you need. And you have to kind of make your assessment, but 0% all the time, you know, nothing, giving nothing and always being so tightly wrapped. I mean, I think we all know that that's no way to live, but yet maybe we accept that too much for ourselves, you know? Yeah. And I mean, and the thing is, is that we, we so, I think, desperately need things to like we desperately need change and we desperately need there to be a component of something entering the equation that we hadn't thought of you know i you look at all of human history and i think that we're actually geared towards this which is maybe touching on that whole aspect of like we are change itself you know uh as also maybe we could translate into like, we are creative beings. You know, I fundamentally believe that we are creative beings. Like you look at the history of humanity and we create things, you know, and new things emerge. And the only way that new things emerge is, is by, is by things being a little out of control. You know, it's that it's that little element, just a little bit of out of controlledness can go a long way. It can go a really long way. You know, it's it's like you were saying, it doesn't have to be some grand thing. Sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's something really massive. You know, there are probably some people out there who it's just like, you know what? Maybe you do need to sell your house and quit your job and you need to maybe that is something you need to do. It's, you know, for most people, probably not, but for some people, absolutely. Right. But there's no cookie cutter answer for, there's no cookie. No, there's, there's, there's no, I mean, it seems fitting for this conversation, but like, you know, there's no certainties with, with anything in life. I, I, I find it's like, there's, there's tendencies I would say it's like we things tend to go in a certain way, but not always. And it's that not always <laughs> that is absolutely crucial. It's that's it's such a, a key ingredient to to creativity, to how um, we evolve and to how possibilities emerge, because if everything always went along in an exactly predictable way, that would become so boring and nothing would happen. You know what I mean? Like nothing would happen ever. It would just be a continuous thing of the same thing all the time. 
We would never invent anything new. There would never be any new great pieces of, of art in any medium. You know, it's that, it's that unknown, out-of-control element that, that makes us go, it's like, holy shit, we've never done that before. Or we've never seen this before or heard this before. It's and and I think that applies in so many different different areas of 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 our of our world. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think it's in our nature. It's it's um, you know, it's like I think that's part of the problem is when you get too comfortable and you refuse to change and you try to control too much, you actually deny your own nature. And I think that's where the problems um, for us occur. I think that's why we get upset and depressed and. I think that's why, um, you know, I, th I think that um, too much change too quickly without your wanting it can be very difficult. Mm -hmm. So I want to want to preface that with, you know, preface it with like, yeah, it's, uh, you know, too much change too quickly, too unpredictable. Um, you know, that can be that can be difficult. And I think that um, that's why I think this is not an all or none conversation this is one of those conversations where it's like um incorporating a little bit you know i think like a little shift is sometimes all that's necessary and i think most times all that's necessary but i think in some cases you need an extreme shift and you know you need an extreme shift and it's got to be today and it's got to be now and there is no tomorrow and if you don't do this it's life or death you know i think and sometimes it is that but I think more often than not, it's a, it's a fraction, it's a percentage. It's a, you know, um, you know, I'm doing this, this, and this well, but I'm not doing this well, you know, or this, this, and this well. And you, you know, you know, and you, you gotta, you gotta make the, you gotta pull the trigger, you gotta make the call, you know, you gotta do the thing. And I think it's like very uncomfortable. You know, I think like, um, you know, uh, you, you're smoking, and then you realize, oh shit, you know, I got a lung cancer. I got this issue, whatever, with my body. And if I don't stop doing this, I'm going to die from it. And it's like, well, you got to, you got to make the decision, you know, and if you keep playing in the, and I think this is another thing, actually, it's kind of bringing on this other part, the delusion comfort exists in a delusion. A lot of the time I, I actually have witnessed, seen in myself, seen in others and observed that most often we don't change our, our reasons for not doing are so delusional. Uh, you know, it's like, I'm fine. Nothing's going to happen to me. It's not that bad. You know, it's all the same shit we always say. And, and you know what, I might even rung off for some of our audience members, the things you're saying to yourself, if you're saying that shit, you need to get higher standards, you know? And I think that's another thing, man, I'm just a bunch of balls are dropping right now, but it's like, that's another element of change when you have higher standards, you will change. And that's part of the reason why you don't comfort keeps your standards low, you know? And it's like, when you raise your standards, the only option is change. And sometimes I think we just settle, we just accept such shit and we know we shouldn't, but it's comfortable. And Evan, I've, I've, I've thrown out a lot of stuff, but yeah. you know what? It's made a few things actually start to make some sense for me. Um, kind of know it, but I think reiterating it in this conversation has given me some clarity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's interesting. Like, uh, I, I love so much of what you, of what you just said. And 
I want to to put a different frame on what you're saying about like you know standards. You know, it's just like your standards are high, like because it's it's not a sense of of sort of elitism or anything like that. Because that that could be. I want anybody to make that mistake because I, I that's not what you're saying. You know, it's um, I've was having I was I don't know maybe a few months ago I was having this conversation with with my wife, and I was saying to her, he's like, you know, I think a big part of of life and and being a human being and how we grow and evolve is letting go of our unworthiness. And I think that mm-hmm. that's like a different way of standards, you know? It's like it's a different way. It's that's like great. you know, it's like very often our situation has a lot to do with our own sense of how unworthy we feel about things, you know? Man, you're and, hitting home. You're hitting home. <laughs> yeah, I think. You, yeah, wow. I, I hey, man. Like, I'm I'm speaking just from my own my own experience, where it's just like, holy shit! Like, I'm and and every now and then we have a moment where we say, no, I'm I'm letting go of this unworthiness because I'm not unworthy of something better than this situation. You know, and that's an inner change, and that's an, like you know, nobody can give that to us. You know, that's 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 an incredible gift that that in many ways we give give to ourselves. But you know, often it it has to get to a it has to get to a pretty painful point for us to to come to that that thing. But yeah, I I just wanted to put that that sort of flip on this idea of standards, which is just like it's like our standards is just like. How, how it has so much to do with with our own feeling of unworthiness i love that i mean that's my favorite thing of this whole conversation what you just said because <laughs> i mean that's such a great way to look at it it's it's uh it's so spot on i mean because that's really the thing is you know like being in an abusive relationship um when i had that experience it is it's kind of like there is an unworthiness of of the whole thing and it's not like I think that's the thing. It's a subtle thing. Sometimes, sometimes it's clear. Like, I just don't know if I'm good enough and blah, blah, blah. And I think that goes on for us, but um, sometimes it's not so much. It's just that you don't recognize that you're worth so much more than what you're settling for. And, um, but you don't, at least in my experience, it's not like I'm not feeling good about myself. It's not like I'm not, but it's like, in hindsight, you look back and you go, man, I must have had a low view of myself to accept such treatment. Um, oh man, you really like, yeah, I'm glad you shared that. I want to share something. Uh, you inspired me, you and Kat inspired me a lot because you guys moved, um, to your new place and then you invited me over and I'm a, I think it's beautiful. It's awesome. It's so much of what you guys had talked about about what you wanted and it's just such a great space. And um, you guys made it home. And when I came over, you guys made me feel like I was at home. And I helped you move out of your old place, which I liked. <laughs> but now that I see you in your new place, and it's not like, it's not like, oh, we deserve better, bigger, blah, blah. It wasn't even like that. It was just like, we have what we want. And we could have that, you know, that was at least the way it was 
communicated to me. And it was interesting when we were moving, like I have such a positive experience of your new place. I had a positive experience of your old place, but when we were moving and you were moving out the furniture and stuff, and I remember I saw there was this hole in the wall in one of your rooms. And it was like, <laughs> a part of the place was falling apart. And it was like, it kind of let me see inside the things that, you know, as an outsider, you don't see in someone's life, you know, this thing that you guys were accepting. And like, in hindsight, I look at that, I'm like, yeah, well, that was so below you guys to like exist in that, you know what I mean? And you guys had that recognition. And I remember it being a very scary change, but you guys did it and you made the move and you figured it out. And I feel like, um, you know, we had conversations about it and I knew on the turn it would be good, but now getting to see the whole thing play out, it's, it's exactly this conversation. It's where you're living in what seems pretty good, but you had this vision for more and it was scary to even dare ask for it, but you did. And then you actually took actions to change. And it's like, it seems like such a little thing, but it was pretty big. I mean, you guys actually moved your shit with a ferry. You know, you like did some, you did some things that a lot of people would be barriers for them. Um, there were some logistical I, challenges for sure. Sure. But I feel like that's a lot, like there's a lot of reasons not to, to make your change. Right. And um, anyway, I just want to say that it inspired me and it's like, it's like sometimes I think we have a way of justifying what we're accepting and kind of when you guys move to your new place, I feel like I got to see what you were accepting, but you hadn't, you were not going to accept anymore. And that to me was very inspiring because I feel like there's a lot of things like that, that we can all benefit from where it's like, we're accepting it. And it's very empowering to not accept, um, accept these things that we shouldn't be accepting. We don't want to be accepting. And I think that's part of the, that's what's hidden behind comfort a lot of the time, you know, these ugly little, these ugly little things that are like, yeah, no, we, that's not, that's not okay. You know, I, I'm worth more than this, you know? Yeah. You know, in some ways it's like, it's kind of an, an apt visual for, for some of this, you know, or it's like you're sitting in, you know, in your, in your home and you're like, well, I'm, I'm comfortable, I'm comfortable here. And, and absolutely you, you are comfortable here, but, oh, there's it's that part of the roof is leaking and there's that draft that comes through there and there's that big crack in the wall in the bedroom, <laughs> you know, and there's, there's all of these, you know, there are things that are falling apart, you know, and, and you're just sort of living with them now. Like, I, I want to be careful about this not being some sort of a, a judgment passing on on things or some some idyllic view of of perfection, you know, or, or setting up some sort of thing because like that that's a a risk to us. like oh you know to perpetuate the sort of the myth of of one day just arriving to a point where things are are just perfect because that's, that's a delusion as well, you know? Um, but there's, there's, there's something, uh, I don't know. There, I, I just want to mention that there's, there's a difference in, in, in that and what we're talking about and saying like, you know, there are certain things that where we just realize that, that we're, 
better than we thought we were, that we're more capable than we thought we were, that more things are possible than than we, than thought, we thought possible. And, yeah. Than we thought possible. And and that you know what? Maybe we deserve a little bit of that. Maybe we yeah. deserve a little bit more of what's possible as opposed to what we're just sort of comfortable with. You know, and I think that's the that's the trap of of comfortable is that it's is it's precisely that it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's comfortable, and it's, comfor- it, and it's, it's un- easy to just stay there. Yeah, it's uncomfortable sometimes to do the thing that will, you know, fix it or remedy it. Like, you know, I, I think in in your case, um, it wasn't about the place that you were moving from, as much as it was about the environment that you wanted to move to. And and that's why it was such a drastic change in location and stuff like that. Right. It's like, um, I think that's a part of it, but I don't think the answer is always, I need new, I need better. I need, you know, I need the new thing and become this materialism thing. But I think it's something like, you know, it's like, um, having a, a crack in your wall and it's like not patching that up. You know, sometimes you got to just patch that up, you know, or it's like, a button that's loose on your shirt or something like that. And you don't tighten it or, or, you know, you don't get it fixed or you don't fix it. It's like these things, you know, they're, they're kind of like there where comfort exists. They, they often exist in these things that we just kind of don't do anything about it. And it's kind of like, sometimes I think a lot of change and a lot of great things can come out of doing very, very small things. Like, for example, um, just uh, we talked about this before, but you start making your bed, you clean and you tidy your place and you throw out some shit that you don't use. That could change your life like dramatically. And I mean, I know it did for me, um, you know, and it's like uh, sometimes that's, and I, I kind of go back to the scale thing. I think change and letting go of comfort doesn't have to be done like all or none. It can be done in little bits. Sometimes it needs to be dramatic. And I think that you'll know when that's the case, but I think most of the time it needs to be done in little ways about little things. And it's about cleaning up, you know, it's like cleaning up the corners, right? It's like uh, a lot of the time it's just tuning some things up. And I mean, let me kind of pair this back to where we actually started the conversation. When we were talking about this before we ever recorded, I was talking a bit about territory and something that I personally kind of believe is that there's territory for each of us that we don't know we could have. We don't know we could enter. We don't know we could be in. And until you're in it, you're not going to know what's possible. And there's the territory that you're in and you only believe what's possible because you think that the territory you're in is the territory. And it's like, there's so much more for you. And I feel like sometimes doing these little changes gives you new territory. And that's why you see new possibility. And also, you know, the other side of that is if you try to hang on to the territory you have, I feel like you continually lose it. It's just, you get less and less and less of the territory you think you have over time when you're comfortable and pretty soon you end up with very little territory at all and very little possibility. So it kind of works both ways. It's not like, Oh, I got this territory and I have it forever. No, it's like, it's always kind of deteriorating. That's why by change, by accepting change, it's always growing. So by not accepting change, it's always deteriorating. 
yeah, it's one or the other. You, and how do you give yourself the, the capacity to accept that? Yes. You know, one of the examples that, that we were given, and, and I would recommend to anybody, uh, go and check out Simon Sinek uh, on uh, The Infinite Game. He, you can watch some free lectures uh, that he talks a, a bit about it, but he also has a book on it, and it has a lot to do with what we're with what you're kind of mentioning. But, you know, one of the companies that we were talking about before we, we started recording was we were talking about Sears, you know? Like, Sears was a company that at one point in time, like, it was one of the, it, that was one of the biggest companies in, in North America. You know, like, they were kings of the hill, so to speak. And now they're, they're nothing, you know, because they, they had their territory, you know, they, they created something originally, right? They created something that that wasn't possible before, and they made it possible, right? And it was and it was a success. And then they just tried to hang on to their their spot where they were and just keep things as they were. And now they're what are they? I don't even know if they exist anymore. Are are there any are there any stores, Sears stores left anywhere? I have no idea, but it's, you know, th this is kind of just what we're, what we're sort of talking about is that, yeah, like there's, there's finding the new territory, but then there's like not getting too attached to it. You know, it's like you, you keep moving, you keep creating, you keep on finding out what's possible and, and, and finding, you know, new, yeah, like new lands to, to explore, so to speak. Right. And it requires a certain element of giving up some of what's comfortable. Again, it doesn't have to be everything, but giving up a little bit of what's comfortable and not trying to control things so much because if, if you're not trying to control everything, that's when you actually get a window into something new, mm -hmm. into something, into a possibility, not a certainty, but a possibility, you know, and if you continue to work that way, you continue to find new ways to adapt, new directions to go, new exciting things to explore. And there are plenty of examples of, of companies and, and people and whatever who have done that. You know, they were this thing, but then they went and they branched out and they and they tried this thing and they and they did that thing. And they've continued to to grow and to excite and to thrill and to captivate um, you know, people of, of of all types. So I think that it's, you know, in many ways it's like it's about embracing, but maybe not because it takes time. You know, it's, it takes work and to and and experience to kind of really to really let yourself live that way, you know, to live in a way where you've given up some control and you but really it's like it starts with allowing a little bit of space for that unknown element, uncontrollable element to, to come into your life in some form you know, and, and how much you can allow that. It might be just as much as, you know, something in many ways, this is kind of what we talked about last week, but like when something unexpected comes into your life being like, Oh, I wonder what this is all about. Or I wonder what, what's in here. Or like last week we were talking about saying thank you <laughs> to something kind of basically unknown coming in, something that you didn't plan on 
or something that you didn't um, control coming into your into your life. You know, and I think it's important to to begin to find a, a, a practice in that. And I don't necessarily know exactly what that looks like, but I think that's one of the wonderful things about some of the different art forms that are out there. You know, like my wife, she she got into into pottery a couple of years ago. And uh, and I've watched sort of like reality shows and like on like pottery competitions and and right now I'm watching one on glass blowing. I'm watching this competition of glass blowers. <laughs> it's fascinating. Um, but one of the things that's so cool about those two art forms in particular is that you have very skilled people, people who have been doing these 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 arts for decades, you know, people who you would consider masters at what they do. And there are potters, like you ask any potter who's been doing it, they throw that piece into the kiln to be heated and they don't know what's going to come out. <laughs> they have no idea what's going to come out and they're constantly surprised by things that happen. And they learn to have room for that because you have to. Because no matter how much you try to make it come out in a certain way, and of course, yeah, they learn how to do really cool things and, and how to direct their pieces in a certain way, but they're always delighted by how things come out because they never know exactly how it's going to come out. And sometimes it's like, that's not how I planned it, but I love that. I love how that thing worked out. So I think that like that that's such a beautiful way of of learning to to let that into your life a little way. And I think that we could all, you know, find ways, learn ways to to do that for ourselves in our lives. How can you allow a little bit of that uncontrolled element into your life and not not only just kind of allow it and tolerate it, but kind of be be delighted in it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, my challenge. It's my challenge to everybody out there, <laughs> including myself, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I, something I, oh man, something I've been thinking as you were talking was about, you know, where like love exists in that unknown, uncontrolled, sometimes uncomfortable place, you know, and I, I think it's, um, it's kind of like, you got to follow the love. You got to follow that possibility. It's just like life's so boring when you're in control of everything. If you're in control of everything and you're comfortable, it's like totally comfortable. I mean, you're alone. And and, and that's if you're at peace with yourself. <laughs> I mean, because if you're not at peace with yourself, I don't know how comfortable and happy you are. Um, and you're just using people as a distraction. But, um, you know, to have really genuine honest full relationships you need to bring people into your life and you need to have trust and you need to um have vulnerability and that takes giving up control and it takes um you know it takes willing to embrace change i mean you won't have a friend for long if you will not accept them evolving and changing i mean um you know i think sometimes people have uh, this wasn't me but uh uh, I forget which philosopher 
Is it Plato? I don't know. I forget who, who, who said this, honestly. I think it was Plato. I don't know. But they talked about friendships and how friendships are, there's three types of friendships and there's friendships of convenience, which is basically just they're in your neighborhood, they're in your environment. And so you're friends with them. Um, and you probably wouldn't be friends with them really if they weren't convenient. Um, and you wouldn't really make the effort uh, much beyond that. Uh, and there's friends of service. And friends of service are people like your hairdresser or someone who does something for you. Sometimes it's not a literal job, but they just give you something or they have some benefit for you. And so you get a service out of them. And really, that's why you're friends. And if they no longer gave you that benefit, you probably wouldn't really be friends. And that's why a lot of people drift apart from that. And then the third friendship, which is the most rare and, you know, quite honestly, maybe a lot of people don't even have this real friendship, but it's the friendship of virtue where you're actually friends because you share a common sense of virtue within each other and you actually want to see them grow and change and become. And virtue requires that the person you become friends with uh, may not be the person you end up friends with. And that's embraced. And, um, you know, if you are trying to control things and you want things to be the same all the time, um, you know, and you could be in a relationship like that. You could be in a marriage of service or convenience. And I think that's somewhat sad. And I think that people don't want to be in that, but I don't think it's too late. I think you can um, develop and I know I did. A lot of my friends when I was younger, I'll, I'll openly admit, were friendships of convenience and service. Um, and the ones I thought were a virtue for me were not a virtue back. And I didn't know how to make a real solid friend. Um, and I didn't know who my real solid friends were until I hit my 30s. And then I started to find out pretty quick when shit hit the fan. But um, uh, there's nothing more valuable in the world than a friend of virtue. There's just nothing more valuable than that. I mean, um, it's, it's, it's rare and special. And to be a friend of virtue and to have a mutual friend of virtue is just such a special thing. And I think um, the one requirement of a friend of virtue is that you're willing to abandon discomfort at times and you're willing to accept change. And if you are, you, the, the, the world is, is open. Your oyster, you know, the world's your oyster. It's anything. Um, but it requires a certain amount of being able to pivot yourself, let people pivot, let things move. Um, you can't control people. If you control people, you kill the friendship. Um, the mm -hmm. friendship can't get too comfortable because if it's too comfortable, then you're not going to do the things you need to do to actually make the friendship stay together. So it's just one expression of many, but why this conversation, I think we're, we're talking about it. You know, it's, it's, it's just a reflection of that. I don't know what I'm kind of getting at other than just to say, like, use that as an example to maybe take this further. So yeah, I, I, and, I was thinking about that. Well, you know, it's it's actually you've you've opened the door just to again something I I had commented on that that I wanted to make sure we talked about to to some level, which is that you know you are a force of change. You know, we are all each as individuals forces of change. We don't always see ourselves that way. You know, we might at times experience ourselves in that way where we see you know the you know, the fruits of our efforts or something 
come come to be in some way and we and we can recognize oh wow i did that you know i created some change but you know it's i think it's something that that i know that i overlook at times because like to see yourself as being change we saw we're so often we look at change as something kind of external to us but it's like you are change you are change in action that's going on right now you know it's like have you ever had somebody fall in love with you <laughs> have you ever fallen in love with somebody else no matter it's like that is like a force of change that is happening that there's not much control over but it's change that's in a human being you know and how can you deny the reality of of that person is change you know in fact i think that so often people are the 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 greatest you know sort of examples of change that that we can that we can actually look to you know not from from the micro to the macro you know like people have created great change in the world and we create great change in the 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 worlds that we occupy you know like it's you know whether it's your workplace your your home your mm. family your friends you know the 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 people in your community what whatever it is you know it's like you often say brandon like that like you know your presence matters mm. you know like your presence makes a difference people notice people are watching you know um not in a in like a weird way people are watching but just like people like we take each other in we notice a lot yeah. about the people around it's like people that we don't even know but we take people in and it has an effect that's change you know and in in subtle and not so subtle ways like we are are incredible forces of change so i just thought you know hey everyone let's take a second to think about just how how much you are actually a force of change can i say one other thing about that of course <laughs> thank you <laughs> i would say that um just because you don't actually um recognize or you're able to um see or experience the change that you're making doesn't mean that it isn't happening. Um, you know, a lot of the time uh, you're making an impact and you don't even realize you're making an impact. And yeah. I, I think that part of getting older and becoming wiser and more experienced and pushing yourself to do more, you begin to actually develop the ability to um, see that stuff, feel that stuff, notice that stuff. But, um, you know, especially for our younger audience, you know, you might think, well, I don't really matter. I don't really make a difference. And maybe, you know, maybe someone older is getting this as well, but, um, it's something that I had to learn. I didn't have to learn, but I learned along the way. It was like, just recognizing that you matter. It's just such a, I, I wish this wasn't a lesson that, that we had to learn. I wish it was something that we were just kind of like, we had mentors and teachers and guides yeah. that really like made us know that early but I feel like people have to realize, you know, that they matter. And I think for a lot of young people, um, you know, I think they don't realize how much they matter, um, you know, and maybe, maybe you're older and maybe that lands with you too. And I think that's fine. But I just think there's a lot of young people, there's a lot of teenagers out there and they just don't realize that they matter. And it's like, you matter so much more than, you know, you know, and, and there's older people who don't even realize how much they matter, but you know what? When someone dies, 
you start to find out pretty quick and hopefully they don't have to for you to realize they matter and and i think that the thing is is like you just you matter and and part of your job in this life is to realize that and by realizing that you're not going to want to just be so small and so comfortable and so controlled you're going to see that like this wild spontaneous spirit that's inside of you like it needs to come out and and it has important things to do what that is i don't know but like it just kind of i felt in, inclined to say that evan i felt it was important because it, it was, was a big was yeah. important brandon i'm glad that you brought it in <laughs> it was a big lesson for me it was one of those lessons that it uh, you know i i only wish i learned earlier um yeah. you know because it, 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 it shit, you know, like I didn't even realize like I might've hurt somebody's feelings because I didn't realize I mattered, you know, and it's like stuff like that, you know, but when you realize you matter, you just have so much more care, so much more possibility to do more with who you are and what you are. Um, but anyway, you know, after that deep talk, <laughs> how's your beer? <laughs> it's good, man. It's good. Yeah. Uh, I'm drinking, I'm drinking uh, steel and oak. Steel and no oak. shit, I'm drinking steel and oak too. Well, how about that? <laughs> that was not even planned. This is uh, Radiant Things. Oh, I like that one. I've had it before. Yeah, hibiscus grapefruit pale ale. Yeah. That, you like uh, it? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's you know it's still a beer, but like it's got like those those little sort of flavors to it, like a little bit of tartness. Um, but very drinkable. I'm enjoying it immensely. Nice. Well, I'm having steel and oak as well, and I'm having their red pilsner, which I don't know if you've had. I don't think I've ever had on the show, but it is, it's delicious. It's really good beer, really solid. I'm really happy with it. Um, uh, I don't, I don't know what to say about it, honestly, I don't want to get into a big description. So I'm just going to say, I recommend it. Two thumbs up. It's real good. You should try it. It's uh, it's smooth. It's good. It's tasty. It's very flavorful at the same time. So I don't know. It's probably very generic, but it's good. <laughs> you know, they um, used to have a beer that yeah. I haven't had in such a long time. I don't know if they still do it. It was usually around fall. And it was, it was like a, it's called like a Rogan Weissen. So it was like, it was like not a half of ice and it was a rogue. It was like a rye wheat or something like that instead of, yeah. And it was like a darker colored sort of like kind of a wheat ale, but like a rye wheat ale. And it was so good. Hmm. It was so good. I miss it. I miss it because I used to live close to them. So it was one that I knew well. Maybe, maybe one of these days. Well, they're they're a good little brewery. I went I went with one of our mutual friends. Um, I feel like it must have been a couple months back, but we went and we sat at Steel and Oak, and we uh, we had a couple beers, and they're so nice there and so friendly, and even with everything going on, you know, they're being really responsible about how they manage the place, and it's nice. You know, I feel like sometimes you know, it's one of the big things about craft breweries. Like we, we always appreciated them for the social element. And it's one of the biggest things I miss during these times. Um, but you know, uh, I feel like we're trying in this world, we're trying and you know, you can't keep people apart forever. <laughs> we're yeah. going to find ways 
to connect. We're going to find ways to be together. We're social beings and, um, you know, uh, whatever the hell we're going through right now, this is temporary, you know, and, and, and change will come. And this is when, you know, this is a moment of change where we're like, yeah, well, I'd like it to come sooner, but Hey, you know what? Sometimes you got to sit in things and they can't change as quickly as you like. That's something we never really talked about, but I'll throw that into the pot because why not? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let me wrap this up and say my final piece and then close. I'm just going to say this, Evan, your comment on, um, you know, not feeling worthy enough for the change that we want landed, uh, with me. And, you know, it's kind of, I, I would say, yeah, that's kind of how I thought of it, but I'd never heard it articulated that way. And it really, it really hit home for me. It was just a, such a good way to look at it because I think, um, you know, I think that, I don't know, maybe I, I, I don't want to say this, but for everybody, but I know for myself, I spent so much of my life just not feeling good enough. And it was hard, you know, it actually makes me a little bit emotional to think about it. And, um, you know, that's because I didn't always get encouraged and, uh, I didn't always have really good mentors around me. And, uh, it took me a long time to realize that I mattered and that I was worthy and that I could do things and, um, you know, and that my life meant something. Um, and I, I just want to say, you know, like people out there, like you matter, like you really, you really are worthy of, of these things, you know, and you don't have to put yourself, you know, second fiddle to your dreams. And I think that it's, um, change is necessary, but maybe when you start seeing yourself in the picture, maybe you'll make those, those moves. Maybe you'll make those little, little incremental changes that are so necessary. And I think that what I'm going to walk away with today is that that's, that's a winner for me. That's like, uh, that's get, I'm going to literally reevaluate a lot of things in my life. I'm going to use that filter and I'm going to make a, some big assessments, you know? So thanks for that. I appreciate it. You never know. You know, so often I find that when I'm talking to people and the thing that I'm, you know, the, the piece of advice that I think I'm giving <laughs> isn't the one that they take. It's usually yeah, something right. it's like, Oh, but it's like, it's like we had that talk and you said this thing. And I was like, Oh, Oh yeah. I, I was trying to actually say something else, but that's amazing. I'm glad <laughs> that hit something. It's funny like that. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that I'll just reiterate on something I said just, Towards the end, again, while I was saying, it's like, this is probably something I should have saved for the end, but here we are. Uh, you know, I, I think it's just like, leave leave room for, for the uncontrolled, chaotic element to, to enter in. You know, that's because that's where the creativity is. You got to leave room for it. Got to give it a space, you know. And I think that's where we do exercise the best element of control is because that that chaos that uncontrolled thing is like saying give me a place to play i want a place to play you know because otherwise it's you know breaking your your glasses and (laughs) scratching up your furniture and all this shit just like give it a place to play give it something to play with you know um give that uncontrolled thing a, a somewhere to go um We need to leave 
we need to leave that room in our in our lives and that's where we find the possibilities that's where we find uh, even hope for things you know uh and and where we can find direction and ways forward and beautiful beautiful surprises that that just give our lives so much so much color and richness thanks for listening to the show if you got something out of this if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way please take a moment to subscribe leave a review or share the episode you can also support us on patreon where we have tons of great bonuses you are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive Thank you for joining us.